Hey friends, welcome to 1000 Words, Stories on the Way. My name is Matthew Clark. Um, This past weekend, I got to hang out with some old friends of mine, and I was reminded how good it is just to share life together. So that got me thinking uh, that I'm so thankful for all the people who've loved me so well um, through both good and also sometimes like really miserable times. Um, friendship is a big deal to me, and I feel like so many people have been and continue to be friends um, through whom the Lord uh, opens my eyes to hope and courage, um, possibility and joy. Um, so uh, this week I want to talk a little bit about that. Um, one of the biggest joys to me is getting to travel around the country, sharing songs and stories. It's kind of true, actually, that that a tour in a lot of ways is is just this really elaborate, expensive excuse to just drive around and hang out with people that I love. So, so to let you know, I'm hitting the road this August, September, and October, and I'm looking for anybody who's interested in hosting a concert at your church or in your home. Um, I mainly play concerts in homes, actually. It's kind of an ideal habitat for the kind of narrative folk and um, like conversational concert style that I love to do. And, and really, it's easy to host. Anybody can do it. So email me uh, at matthewclarknet at gmail.com if you want more info. You can also check out, uh, I have a, a hosting how-to page on my website. So my website is matthewclark.net and then that page is matthewclark.net slash houseconcerts, all one word. Uh, there's all kinds of good information on there. Also, this week I'm going to be mentioning my friend Abby West Pates and she's a great singer-songwriter. She's got several albums available online. Her website is abbywestpates.com. Abby is spelled A-B-B-Y-E. So Abby West and then Pates is P-A-T-E-S. Abbywestpates.com. She's also on Instagram, A-W-P Music. So check her out. I think you will like her music. I like it. Um, okay, so here is this week's episode um, about friendship. It's called At the Table with Friends. In each of my friends, there's something that only some other friend can fully bring out. Lewis says in The Four Loves. He's talking about how, now that their friend Charles Williams has died, there's some aspect of Tolkien that doesn't show up anymore. It's been my experience that certain friendships waken different parts of me, parts that I may not even know are there. But in that person's presence, something is called out, something is ignited. I've watched my brother Sam, whom I live with, when he gets around one of his oldest friends, Roger, they ignite something in one another a kind of hilarity that is unique to their friendship. My brother is already a lot of fun and very funny, 
But when he gets around Roger, a whole other layer of joy and jokes that had been dormant suddenly bursts into life. Friendship is so important. In a manner of speaking, I think we are made out of the people who love us well. I can't deny, too, that we are made out of the people who failed to love us well, and we have wounds that shape us. But if we have friends who will bear our scars with us, even those wounds can become touch points where trusted hands can travel with us into courage and hope. What got me started thinking about all of this was when my friends Abby and Jeff Pates were in town a few days ago. I first met Abby in 2005 when we worked at an urban home repair summer camp in Memphis called Service Over Self. We were both singer-songwriters and worship leaders, both Mississippi natives, and after camp was over, we kept in touch. And I eventually met her boyfriend, Jeff. A few years later, I played guitar in their wedding. A few years after that, I lived in intentional community with them for a time in Memphis. The season I lived with them was one of the most difficult and painful seasons I've ever experienced. And it's probably not an exaggeration to say that their friendship played a central role in saving my life. They're not the only ones, of course, and I won't name them all here, but Abby and Jeff are among a group of longtime friends who've been with me through so many seasons of life. I would not know who I am or how to survive without the friends God has given me. I've lived away from Memphis for more than five years now, so I just see Abby and Jeff every once in a while. Last week, they came into town to record a new five-song EP of retuned hymns with Casey Cumbest, a friend of mine who runs Blue Sky Studios here in Jackson. I packed up a couple of guitars and drove Vandolph over to the studio to spend a couple of days tracking guitars for the new project. Jeff was on drums, Abby on vocals and acoustic guitar, I was on electric guitar, and our friend Ty was on bass. We've been playing music together for almost 15 years, and I was surprised at the joy I felt. I already knew that I loved these people. I already knew that I enjoyed playing music with dear old friends, but still, I was surprised all over again. I was surprised to feel parts of myself come alive that only certain people seem to activate. I was surprised to feel so at home. Okay, at this point, this will feel like a weird turn to take, but this is where my mind is going. Hang with me. Have you seen the movies or read the Harry Potter books? If you have, you're familiar with the concept of a horcrux. In the story, the big baddie Voldemort splits his soul by committing evil deeds and embeds or hides these pieces in a variety of objects. In order to kill the villain, you have to gather all the horcrux items and destroy them. It's a great story device, and it's not unlike Sauron's ring 
in Tolkien's books. Sauron has infused his soul into this object, which, if destroyed in Mount Doom, will destroy him. Now, all these are negative examples, but there can be no perversion without a version. Since, as Lewis points out in Mere Christianity, in order for evil to be bad, it has to borrow all of its material from goodness. So I'm playing with the idea that friendship is like a positive opposite to a horcrux. This is how personhood works. Our very identity is embedded within the stories of those we are in relationship with. The late Dennis Kinlaw in a great little book called Let's Start With Jesus, he says, If Jesus is the prototype of all other persons, then persons never exist alone, because the Son cannot be explained apart from the Father and the Spirit. He is distinct in Himself, but inseparable from the Father and Spirit. He and all other persons always operate in webs of relationships because persons, human or divine, by definition, do not and cannot stand alone. I can't understand myself unless I'm somehow in conversation with other people. It's not good for a human to be alone because personhood is a fundamentally relational reality. Kinlaw says that's true for us because it's true for God, in whose triune image we have been created. I wrote a VBS song about it that says, You can't be a person without some more people. So God made a family, so we can love like He loves, and live like He lives, a little picture of the Trinity. Actually, the opposite of a horcrux might be the Eucharist. The Eucharist is a meal where Jesus, by being broken, unites many parts into one indestructible body. All these individual stories, these persons, take on new meaning. They understand themselves. When they're suddenly joined to all the other stories at the table of the Lord. Another connection to the idea of Horcrux is that Voldemort embedded the pieces of his soul in these objects in an effort to cheat death. Voldemort takes the lives of others in order to splinter off shards of his own soul for safekeeping in a handful of items. Do you see a mirror image? Jesus doesn't try to escape death. He allows himself to be killed by others. He is broken like bread, and his life is hidden in the bodies of his followers, constituting a new body. Now, ever since Jesus was raised from the dead, those followers have gathered around a meal of mutual breaking and giving, where our lives are hidden in him, as his indestructible life is hidden in us. Friday night, Abby and Jeff came over to mine and Sam's house, and we grilled hamburgers in the backyard. For several hours, we caught up on news, laughed together, cooked and ate together. 
told old stories. We even broke open some places of fear and frustration and found comfort in our friendship. I felt my heart swell with great thanksgiving in the presence of old friends around a table as the single candle in our midst lit our faces with warm light even as the night descended around us. Part of me is carried along in them. They've been with me in joyful times and times of astonishing loss and in the most beautiful and blessed of ways who I am is broken and given to them for safekeeping. Whatever perversion a horcrux is, here's the version. Family. Friendship. The blessed mutual enfolding of God's gift to humanity, of His own shared personhood. Something wakes up in me and comes to life when I'm around my friend Oliver. Something different wakes up when I'm around my friends Ashok and Neha. More of me comes to life when I'm seeing friends and singing in their homes as I play house concerts around the country every fall. When I give myself to friendships, somehow there's more of myself available to myself. I grow. My story enlarges. Who I am takes on new meaning when I'm embedded in a family. Finally, when Jesus returns and we are gathered at the great wedding feast of the Lamb, our faces will be lit by the light of His face in our midst. And all that we are will waken. And all that we can be will ignite for the first time. We will see the faces of all those at the table. And we will see how our story is held in theirs. And all of those stories are hidden in Jesus. We will know who we really are. We will be home. John says it this way, You will know at that time that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Just to close us out, I'll read a short paragraph from Lewis's uh, The Four Loves that I referred to at the beginning of the essay. Of course, Lewis, Tolkien, um, Charles Williams, and others, they were a part of this uh, friend-gathering kind of a writing group called The Inklings. And if you have not already read it, you should you should read Diana Glyer's amazing book, Bandersnatch, uh, if you're interested in knowing more about how these friends... Um, spurred each other on to create amazing writings like Narnia and The Lord of the Rings. Uh, I'll link to her book on the podcast webpage, but don't miss that. It's really good. Uh, Meanwhile, here is Lewis to close us out. He says, Lamb says somewhere that if of three friends, A, B, and C, A should die, then B loses not only A, but A's part in C. While C loses not only A, but A's part in B. In each of my friends, there is something that only some other friend can fully bring out. By myself, I'm not large enough to call the whole man into activity 
I want other lights than my own to show all of his facets. Now that Charles is dead, I shall never again see Ronald's reaction to a specifically Caroline joke. Far from having more of Ronald, having him, quote, to myself, now that Charles is away, I have less of Ronald. Hence, true friendship is the least jealous of loves. Two friends delighted to be joined by a third and three by a fourth, if only the newcomer is qualified to become a real friend. They can then say, as the blessed souls say in Dante, Here comes one who will augment our lives. For in this love, to divide is not to take away. All right, friends, thank you for listening. Thank you for encouraging me. Uh, Feel free to get in touch. Let me know if you're interested in hosting me for a house concert this fall. Uh, Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and leave a review. Besides that, I hope you have a great week, and I will see you again next week. Thanks. Thanks.